Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I expand my awareness to embrace the mystery and magic of Mother Earth. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. This episode is for those of you who've been saying, all right, enough of the fluffy stuff. We want the really, really juicy, out there, crazy, no holds barred, don't stop, don't self-censor stuff about spiritual Spiritual stuff, Jane. Stuff is the stuff. Stuff is the official Stuff's word. Stuff's a, per- a perfect word. This is the episode where we get, you know, burnt at the stake yes. or hung or whatever. If you've only just joined the show, don't listen to this episode first. Go back and listen to a normal one, and, yes. and then yes. you can gain credibility and trust in Jane and I, and then come back and listen to this one. <laughs> hey, that's an excellent, excellent idea. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But this does come off the back of um, of a uh, a phone call that I had with one of our Love Life listeners who I was coaching, and she came up with this idea and it's not the only one I've had this feedback as well from a girl the other week who said to me she said yeah I listen to some of your shows she said yeah I don't really care about that you know who to date and stuff she goes I just want to hear more about you know pyramids and aliens and Lemuria and Avalon and I was like okay are we ready to forge into this area because the knowledge is here if you guys want to hear it so those well, you know, you, it's everyone's choice to listen or not listen we're it. okay we're okay those that would like to listen here it is those who are already quite well along in their spiritual journeys and are quite evolved and open to some of the mysteries and wonders, um, I think we'll really, really dig this. And there'll be lots of points here for further research of your own if you want to go off and investigate as much as you can because the internet is an amazing place. (laughs) So the premise for today is that we're, we're wanting you guys to question everything you've ever been told. Jane. This is about what geography can't teach you. And I love geography. I was quite fascinated by it and and did that all the way through school. But there is magic in this world and it is fascinating and it's exciting. But there's also spiritual explanations, which we absolutely know science will catch up with. I mean, a lot of it science already has caught up, but there's so much more to go. You know, I don't really care if science catches up or not. You know, like there's part of me that's like, I really do feel we kind of have two coexisting dimensions on this earth, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but it's like there's a whole bunch of people that are still living the very ordinary put your hand in front of your face and that's all that you can see type of a world. You know, it's literal, it's pragmatic, it's material, it's no nonsense, it's black and white, and if you've got any questions, put it under a microscope, have a look, and there's your answer, right? And then there's another dimension that a whole bunch of people are living in, which is that energy is fluid. You can push it. You can pull it. You can mold your reality like a plasticine. You can slip in and out of things. You can visit people in your sleep. You can talk to them in your head. You, we're having this totally different experience of what is possible vibrationally and energetically every single day. And we're all bumping shoulders together on the street. We're in two different dimensions. Sometimes we attempt to have conversations with each other, which I generally don't bother too much because I find it's a complete waste of time and energy to speak a language that somebody else hasn't learned yet. But as they begin to catch up and open up, you know, we're all waiting here in this dimension with wide open arms for the world to evolve up a level. Yep. Love it. Great explanation. Too, um, too egotistical thing well, to say. Well, it's not elitist because it's not saying anyone is better than and less than because we may well find that our next lifetime is blocked. You don't know, you know, yeah. it's for whatever purposes we are, what we are for whatever reasons. Yeah. So, no, don't misinterpret, I get it. Don't misinterpret what Beck said as being elitist. It's not. It's just a different 
way of existing in this particular lifetime. So what do we want to start with? Atlantis? Yeah, but I was just going to say to preface it that I just want to bring it back. If you hear anything weird, the dog is having a bath on Jane's lap because we're so the whole cute. family's here right now. So cute. <laughs> She's, we're all in this together. She's part of the show. So, so I just want everyone to be really highly aware of the fact that you've lived a life where all the information that you have been given, okay, I know it's come from trusted elders, parents, teachers, doctors, professors, television, people in white coats, people on news feeds, etc. But where did they get their information from? Well, they got it from one or two major news sources in the entire world, like 98% of the world's media is owned by two people. And, you know, and where does, where does more information than that come from? Well, it comes from the history books. And who wrote the history books? The people that won and men and history professors who weren't there. Who wrote the Bible? People who lived 400 years after Jesus had died. You know, we need to start to question where everything we know comes from and what the agenda was. You know, even of the original documents, the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Magna Carta, the, you know, like I said, the Bible, ancient, um, you know, political mandates and manifestos and our history and our knowledge and our mathematics and our language and everything comes from a few individuals that at the time we resonated with and we've upheld as the only way. Now there's, of course, there's truth in, in, there's truth that resonates in all of those things. But we have an extremely narrow definition in this world of what we will accept as truth and what we will accept as, as fallacy. For example, Jane, do people live inside, inside the earth? Yes, they do. <laughs> Jane will tell you that they do. They do. Now, Jane doesn't mean that if you physically go down a mine shaft, you'll bump into them. I, I assume you mean at a different they're vibrational a, frequency. They are. They're at a higher vibration, a fifth dimensional we're vibration. We're sharing our space with other beings. Yes. Above and below yes. the crust. Yes. Go on. Okay. So, well, this particular group of people are absolutely, I'm fascinated by and I, it's on my bucket list to meet one. <laughs> I know. These are the Telos Lemurians. Now, there's three amazing books, well, Telos, volume one, two, and three, that are written by, how do I say her name? Aurelia Louise Jones. There you go. Telos is T-E-L-O-S. Who actually has joined them as a fifth dimensional creature now. What? Yeah, she's crossed over. What is that? I mean, she died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, okay, yes. So these these books are fascinating and weird as. So if you like weird shit, get these books. Hollow Earth Theory. Absolutely fa- fascinating. So they live uh, many places underground, but one of the groups that have actually surfaced and shown themselves to handful of people in California, so it's underground in California. They they live in a fifth dimensional world. They're about seven feet tall. I get that they're kind of a bit like Avatar looking um, and that their lives, I actually believe that Avatar the movie was actually based on the Talos Lemurians. Now, it's the idea. So for those who don't know what Lemuria is, if we go way, 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 way back into the misty stretches of time on this earth, for which there is very dubious record keeping. We do not have, we've only got one linear strand of history that says things like cavemen, Neanderthals evolved into Homo sapiens, Erectus, whatever. And then, you know, we go through different Iron Ages and Bronze Ages and Ice Ages and things happened. And then we sort of, we've got this, you know, Africans and people migrated and Darwin and evolution. And like we've got this one explanation that we all, for some reason, collectively as a consciousness have abided, you know, that we abide by. 
But when we go into the spiritual realms, we hear that there's been a lot of other creation stories to do with, oh, my God, where do we even begin? Oh, so, uh, Well, we are beginning. So Lemuria is one of them. Okay, one so of this, the lost- was, this was allegedly where one of the lost cities. Realms. Realms, realms is a good it, word, yes. They, they say that if you want to place it on the globe, I think they say it's it covered a big part of the Atlantic Ocean. And, for example, Easter Island where those creepy stone heads are that nobody knows how they got there, that's one of the, the, the remaining ridges left of the land that was Lemuria. Yes. And so there was some sort of war, for want of a better word. It's hard to find the vocabulary, and I wish I'd just read these books again. Uh, however, um, which was won and lost. And in that war, a lot of these people, for want of a better word, chose to exit this lifetime. And so they went back home and they died and went back home. But some of them actually chose to stay and they stayed in this high vibration and they've been living underground ever since. But it's not as we think. We don't mean in the rocks and the earth and there's caves down there. We mean, okay, there's no rocks and earth down there and caves. They are completely open. There's sky, there's um, air, there's everything. But they're living on a fifth dimensional vibration, so they're a very high vibration. Curiously enough, they've said they've got the uh, solutions using that uh, they run off crystal power. And they've got such high evolved technology that we can't even get our heads around. But they have said that they've got the solutions for world power. Um, that is enough that is free to everybody. Uh, they've got the technology. Um, however, they know that we are not ready to receive this information yet. They will only appear when they feel that 51% or greater of the, the world's population is ready for them because their fear is that if they appear too soon, this technology will get in the hands of the wrong people and we'll just have another yeah. abuse system. They have said every creature that has ever existed still continues to exist. So while we believe that we've got a lot of, of animals that are extinct, yeah. they're not extinct. The remaining, as, as the numbers get very low, those creatures that have survived as long as they have actually lower, uh, sorry, raise their vibration and they don't die. They actually move into the Lemurians' vibration. They shift dimension. They shift dimension. They're actually still existing and living. And they too can lower their vibration and reappear. So our dragons can reappear. Our Bigfoot, you know, Yeti. Yes, exactly. All of these creatures can reappear. What's an animal that's extinct that is Tasma- more commonly known? Oh, the Tasmanian devil. Oh, yeah. Tiger devil, whichever one it is. <laughs> okay. So that still exists. And so they can lower their vibrations so that we can all see them again, but they won't do that until they feel safe. And they won't do that until our world is, is more accepting and respectful. But if we use the two examples here, one is fairies and giants. So, and this goes into Avalon realm. So another thought system is that there was a fantasy type realm slightly overlaying the areas, of course, that are England and places like that at one stage. That's why so many people get obsessed with your Lord of the Rings, your fantasy, trolls, dwarves, elves, gnomes, dragons, knights. It's all of that kind of, it's medieval, but then it's fantasy because there's giants and unicorns and other things and fairies. Now, if you go to places in England and Ireland, Ireland particularly day, Ireland, you yes. will have people who tell you that they see fairies. And that the reason is that the, these little people as, as from what I understand, the little people and the giants were driven off into the hills when 
I don't know, certain invaders came through or, or maybe the realms were starting to disintegrate and the earth di- vibration was taking over and the little ones got driven away and they went into hiding and most of them left the earth because we started to poison and tox, you know, toxify the earth too much with crops and pesticides and all that kind of thing um, with farming practices. But the fairies are still there interdimensionally and that's why sometimes people claim they can see them, feel them or hear them quite commonly. You know, so it's, it's like Jane's saying about these, these animals and it, I think it's a great explanation for Bigfoot. You get these people trawling the back, you know, fields of Alabama or Virginia or whatever with the handy cam looking for the Yeti or the abominable snowman. Oh, he's over in where, Tibet, Nepal. But we, we have these supposed sightings of people who genuinely feel they've seen something which is called cryptozoology. It's like the Loch Ness Monster. It's like a, it's an animal which shouldn't exist, but they they swear to God it did. You know? I sat on the side of Loch Ness for a whole day. Of course going, you did. Come on, show <laughs> Come me on, Nessie. beautiful thing. <laughs> nope, didn't see anything. So my theory on that is it's either what Jane is saying that these, well, like, no, it is what Jane is saying. It's something about an interdimensional slip where you are seeing it appear, but it's not fully in this dimension. It's like, uh, you know, like the veil thins between Like you actually worlds. couldn't catch it and kill it if you wanted to. No, you couldn't. It, it, but it, it appears flesh and blood enough in the same way that certain people will say, I saw a ghost and I actually, like I came downstairs and I thought a little old woman was sitting on the couch smoking yes. because she looks flesh and blood. Totally think there's a person there, but it's, they're actually... They're interdimensional, yes. Which right? is so exciting. It's really cool. So when people talk about Venusians or Martians or you know beings from Alpha Centauri, now a scientist will be like, "Well, that's poppycock." Because if you go up in a plane, you know, we've sent a probe up to Mars and there's you know rocks and minerals and salts and we've brought it back samples and da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, in this <laughs> dimension, dimension, moron. That's right, exactly. <laughs> but Open if, your mind. What if there's 15 different dimensions all cohabiting Mars at the same time and they are? Are, and here on Earth, what makes us think we're any different? We're only That's one right. dimension that is inhabiting this planet at any given time, and we overlay and overlap with many other dimensions who exist above and below the crust. I love that. It's fantastic. You can meet them in your dreams. This is tied in with, you know, why do people do a lot of vibrational work, uh, do a lot of spiritual work is because they do want to raise their vibration. And collectively by doing that, they do get to see, hear, feel, and experience things that people that haven't raised their vibration have difficulty doing. Now, there's a lovely chiropractor called Dr. Eric Pearl, a chiropractor in the States, who formed the uh, healing practice called The Reconnection. And he does energetic work now on bodies, which is to try and grow our two strains of DNA to being 12 strains of DNA. Because there is a theory that there was, you know, squillions of years ago, a genetic war that occurred between species and that we were dumbed down, that we were 12 strains of DNA and we were dumbed down to two strains, therefore to be controlled. And it's now about reactivating yes. those extra strands. And, and this is what the Lemurians are saying is that they are a 12-strain DNA. Yes. I think that was them. Don't quote me on but that, actually. But it's a bit Sorry. like that movie, that Hollywood movie that came out recently, Lucy, where they talk about the fact that we only use 10% of our brain and what would happen if we activated the other 90%. And I think there's a real metaphor or similarity yes. there on that topic. You know, it's funny that... I remember as a really young child, like super young, and I first heard that, all I kept saying to my parents was, well, what does the other 90% do? And I have been fascinated about that ever since. And it's funny, we just get one little line that you hear draws you into a lifetime of wondering, doesn't it? And it's 
I just Magic. saw a picture of a human brain compared with a dolphin brain, and the dolphin brain was complex and far larger. It was fascinating to see. Ah. Very, very interesting. Well, they're supposed to be such high vibrating, high, the highest vibrating creatures in the yeah that in we, the um, sea that we have. Apparently, made. no creature eats dolphins. Yeah. I'd have to research that, but I, I, it just resonates as the truth as yeah, well. Yeah. But no creatures eat them because they are the balancer of, like the fairies are the balancer of the garden, mm. the dolphins are the balancer of the sea. Of the, of the waters, that's right. So I'm going to talk a bit about ancient Egypt as well because you can't talk about anything on earth without Egypt. Now, yes. there's some really interesting stuff as well here where Jane talks about science catching up because they've been looking at, for example, the erosion around the base of the Sphinx and they seem to believe there used to be a sea around the base of the Sphinx. Oh. Now, for that to have happened, they have to change all their historical dates and they have to make things 10,000 years earlier than they thought or even more, which there's an amazing movie that I recommend you guys go and hunt it. It's a bit more of an indie flick, so you might have to search it out at a DVD store or online. It's called 10,000 BC and it's so channeled and it's showing the fact that 10,000 years ago when there were cavemen there were also aliens and advanced civilizations living side by side, and it is it's seriously it's absolutely fascinating. Oh, I've just written that down. I've made yeah. a note. I'm so getting it. It's fiction, but you can see how they're visualizing this. Now this brings us to Egypt. Now, in a lot of not a lot of the channeling work I've done, but in some of the channeling work I've, I've done, because not everyone necessitates this level of information. But every now and then I'll get someone come to me who is an insanely powerful old soul. And they, they're ready for extreme knowledge straight off the bat. And I have gone into from what I perceive to be the truth of what was going on in Egypt. And again, you've actually almost got two dimensions in operation there. Now, this is evidenced by, I went to, I flew to Melbourne the other year to, to visit the Tutankhamun exhibition. So there's all this amazing stuff pulled out of the inside of this dude's cave, right? And I love on the wall, all the archaeologists and, you know, museum curators written, oh, you know, this is like a, you know, whatever painted cap that we believe may have been worn by such and such. Or this was the goddess of the sun that people used to worship at crop sowing time. And I'm just like, you guys have no idea dear what you are even talking about and you are the archaeologists and the museum curators like they have read it all wrong Wrong. and what let's face it what did they have to go on some stone blocks and some pictures and a couple of wooden sarcophagi I mean seriously they had no idea what was happening back then and what was happening back then was from the way I see it on on earth at that time we had an alien space station which was centred on Egypt. That meant that there were representatives, intergalactic representatives there in headquarters. That is who we currently refer to as the gods and goddesses, the, you know, like the animal-headed ones that they had in Egypt that you'll see all over the tomb walls. So you'll see, um, you know, Bast and you'll see, you know, the crocodile. I'm just having such a blank, so I can't think of their names because they've all got blank. I'm in awe <laughs> of what you are saying. I'm sitting here with my mouth open. I love listening to you, Beck, when you're doing. <laughs> Thanks, Jay. We'll just let me go and I'll just take stuff. over the whole so, show. Yeah, I'm happy for that. I'm quite happy for it. Go for it. This is your baby. So basically we had the ordinary everyday people like we do now, the ones that get up, go to work, make buildings, sow the crops, you know, run the merchant, run the, run the, the shops, the businesses, have the families, run the schools. Ordinary people made Egypt tick, you know. But there was another level, there was another tier of society that was operating. Now, whether that was undisclosed or if one of them was sort of open knowledge or whether it was secret, I'm not actually entirely sure. But I, I've done a lot of work with people here now in this lifetime who were there at that time 
who were dealing very closely with what we call the gods or goddesses, um, but they were really just like political leaders and representatives, you know. So it's just so, so cool. So when we talk about Egypt, we need to understand that they had advanced civilization, astronomy, you know, technology going on, that, you know, that... The idea is that the world at different times had incredibly advanced technology, but they blew themselves up, and that leads us to Atlantis. What do you know about Atlantis, Nothing, Jane? except that I know I drowned in it. Oh, do you have a <laughs> past life memory? Absolutely. What do you remember? Absolutely. Um, the, the trauma of not just I drowned last, but I had children that, and I think it was two girls. I don't know whether that's just because I've got two girls now. I don't know. But definitely the memory of watching my two children drown and not being able to save them. What was the nature of the catastrophe? It was just a huge a body of water. Or natural, a- huge body of water. I imagine something like a thousand times bigger than a tsunami. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's that's all. It was just suddenly it was obliterated. That was it. Mm, yeah. So there's all this talk about Atlantis. Atlantis has become very popular again lately as people get more spiritual and they look for other answers because so many people have memories of this place. Um, I personally, I don't really, but I I had a girlfriend who had loads of memories of it, and she used to describe it as being quite. Middle Eastern slash Greek Isles, like hot sun, hot like terracotta pots, baked walls, like stone walls, stone courtyards. You know, it's sort of on the edge of the sea. It's that kind of a feeling. Um, again, whether it was sort of a slightly different dimension or whether it was physically on the earth, definitely remember very you know? mystical, incredibly yeah. like it was just magic. Um, as in, oh, very pretty, but I don't know. It's a feeling. It's just a feeling. Oh no, I'm going off. You go on. <laughs> John. So this is boring know, for people. We've sorry, got people like is it Plato? You know the Greek um, historian who actually wrote about you know how this land sunk into the sea and so forth. So there were early scholars who were recording race memory of people talking about this event that had supposedly happened. Now, my understanding again through doing a lot of spiritual work, channeling, and dealing with people in their past lives is, and reading books such as there is a fantastic book on Lemuria. Avalon and Atlantis by Lucy Cavendish. Ah, yes. She's a white witch in Sydney. So if you want extreme detail on this, get her book. It's fabulous. Um, Atlantis was a place where the, the, the civilization who lived there reached extreme heights of spiritual evolution. However, it backfired and it fell into the wrong hands and ego took over. And ultimately, they had highly advanced technology, highly advanced spirituality. They could, you know, as same as the ancient Egyptians, they could move things with telepathy. They had sound waves that they used to move heavy objects like stone blocks to build buildings, to construct. They used crystals for energy. They used things for energy that we're only just now trying to get back and discover, you know, clean energy sources. Um, and they had whole buildings and monuments with crystals. For example, the top of, I know I'm crossing over like dimensions here with Egypt and Atlantis, but the top of the Great Pyramid used to be a crystal. The, 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 the little triangle just on the very top was crystal. So in Atlantis, they say Atlantis fell into the sea because the egos got out of control. The, the, we, we got too advanced in our knowledge, but as Jane was saying before about the Lemurians wanting to hold back technology so it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, because that is what happened. And that's why there's a lot of healers today, um, that still are quite scared about 
how great or big the expansiveness and the knowledge can go because there's this memory recorded in all of our cellular memory that if we get too big for our boots or abuse it or step too far with it, that it comes back and shoots us in the foot, basically. Now, I want to share with you about these amazing scientists that in 1894 uh, spent three and a half years in the Far East. So these were American, they were US scientists, a group of 11 of them that were invited there um, by uh, these amazing people that lived there and they wanted to show them what they were doing. So these scientists were allowed to go on the condition that they kept an open mind. They had to continue to keep an open mind. Now, there's five books in this series that is the science teachings. It's called Life and Teachings of the Masters of the Far East by Baird Spaulding. Heavy, heavy going, amazing books that will blow you away. Now, during these scientists' three and a half years there, they proved that these people were teletransporting. Teleporting. Teleporting. Where you're in one place and 60 seconds later you appear 500 miles away. And these scientists unconditionally proved that these people were doing it. They have no idea how, but they knew it was happening. They knew there was no magic happening here. They And they did all these, you know, studies of they'd have one guy would stay with one group and then the other would go with the others and travel that distance and then they would record the date and the time of what happens and then, you know, two months later they all get back together because they've got to physically travel to say, wow, look at that, this person appeared at this time and this person appeared at this time. There's a lot of um, those sorts of stories through medieval times with the saints who would levitate and do what Jane's talking about. And there's Ooh. also some tribes up in, I think it's up in like where the Eskimos are, whether it was Alaskan region or something like that. Um, and the ones who lived on the remote islands, like there was a wise man out there and he could appear and disappear at will to go to the markets across on the mainland and come back again. And, you know, when, when others, you know, visitors or whatever would come and say, how does he do that? You know, the locals were very nonplussed by it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what he does. You know, that's just this little trick he has to get around. You know, so it's this idea that so when, you're, cool. when you're... I don't want to do that. Wouldn't that be handy? But, you know, no more like long-haul radiation airplane flights. But um, the idea is that when your consciousness reaches a high enough level, you know, you can begin to bend and mould the, the, the quantum rules. You can begin to slip interdimensionally in and out of different frequencies and dimensions at will, consciously. What I love about this, this isn't ancient. 1894, you know, not that long ago at all. Very mm. recent, yeah. which I'm really excited about. Jesus appeared. They had dinner with him. <laughs> they did. The scientists had dinner with Jesus many times. It was bizarre, really weird. And it's just, I guess it's because maybe I do come from that schooling of, you know, well, science is right. Mm. So it's like, cool. Yeah. But, you know, there's stuff gets suppressed. Stuff gets suppressed. You know, they talk about, again, if we want to go with the Bible, we know it's one of the most heavily edited, censored documents in the world. That The Bible used to have reincarnation in it. It had all kinds of stuff in it that they deemed was a little bit too dangerous in the hands of the masses, got edited out. There's a whole bunch of Dead Sea Scrolls that were also connected to be like the other parts or chapters of the Bible, which never got published or released. If you want to go and read um, the Magdalene Manuscript, I think it's called, 
um, which is um, a channeled version by Mary Magdalene about the truth, about her relationship with Jesus, what was happening at the time, how she then travelled over to France and England, which, again, a lot of people don't realise, but there are temples and cults along the sea devoted to the worship of Mary because she used to be in those countries. And the, and the locals knew it and they remember her and, and they've got rituals around that time. Um, I guess the thing that I'd like to sort of say as the fastest half hour we've ever recorded slips by on this podcast <laughs> is that the world is exactly the same as the human body. Now, if you've ever seen one of those awesome acupressure or acupuncture maps that, uh, you know, an acupuncturist will have up in their office or a traditional Chinese medicine doctor will have, it's dotted with meridians and chakras, right? And the earth is no different. The earth has vortexes, ley lines, you know, pressure points, hot spots. It's got portals. It's got all kinds of amazing areas. And you guys will know if you're energetically aware which places make you feel good to be in, which places make you feel bad, and which places you've had weird experiences. Picnic at hanging rock. Oh, you know, weird. You know, places that aliens oh, regularly actually, appear, Bermuda Triangle. You know, there, there's some places where – Gatajuka, where all the Indigenous people right. were – Last, uh, yeah, um, but, well, Uluru, how amazing is that? Now, that's the heart center chakra. That is the heart chakra of the world. That's right. And, you know, the body has, well, seven main chakras. The earth has them as well. You can Google all this and find out what they are. Maybe it's your city, the city that you're living in. I expand my awareness to embrace the mystery and magic of Mother Earth. Thank you for hanging in there on this fairly wild ride. Oh, my God, it's so wild. I don't even want to think about the emails we're going to get. Do you think we could be sued for this, Jane? Yeah. <laughs> we'll go back to normal next week and we'll record something quite normal and grounded. And so thank you for hanging and listening. If you do want more of this kind of content, of course, let us know. We'll, we might record a part two. Um, we are every week on thewellnesscouch.com, but, of course, we're on Facebook as well. Yes, which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And we're beginning to collect all of your email addresses. So if you want to really become part of Jane and Rebecca's tribe, just jump onto that Facebook page and scroll down the left-hand side. You'll find where you can sign up for our newsletter. So until this time next week, Jane, have an amazing week embracing the magic. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.